Hello and welcome to the Authentic Alliance podcast. This is a place for authentic conversation to occur. I am your host, Anthony Granger, and if you would want to know a little bit more about me and the services that I provide, things like coaching, an online men's group, and much more, please go over to my Instagram, which is Anthony Granger, or head over to my website, which is anthonygranger.com. So, yeah. Today I've got Luke Jackson on the podcast. Um, he's a friend of mine from Sunderland. Um, Luke, the reason why I wanted you to get get you on the podcast, honestly, is because you secretly inspired me for years. You know, like we've just been talking about there about people supporting you in the shadows. I was one of them people, and you inspired me in a very fundamental way of like how you like tapped into your authenticity. You went down the unconventional route. You know, especially where we come from in Sunderland and. You know, we, we, there's not a lot of people who, you know, decide to go off and down their own little path and their own unconventional route and just, you know, f- I know it's cliche, but like find themselves and explore new experiences in life. And you were the one of the, if not the person who inspired me, you know, to tap into my own authenticity, to really go down my own path and stop going against, uh, and start going against the grain and stop going with the crowd mm-hmm. and, and try to find out what, what I like and what I want, like what life I want to leave, uh, lead. Um, so I just wanted to mention that just that's the that's the reason why I wanted to get you on because I find you just a super interesting person already and I don't really know much about you and for years I've always thought I'd love to just like you know get a norm I'd love to pick your brain I'd love to know what goes on behind the scenes with you um, so I would like you to start off with um, just talking about like maybe if you're comfortable talking about like the old Luke do you know the Luke when you grew up and in Sunderland and then kind of will transition into the, you know, the period where things started to change yeah. for you and you started to go down your own path? Yeah, well, I mean, it's like I say, obviously, with anybody, it's a long story. But um, so basically, you know, I was born in London. Uh, my mother was from London. My dad was from the north of England. He went down when he was younger to work. Um, then they had me and my little sister then decided to move back up the north, obviously, because it's a lot cheaper. Um, so I moved back up the north, but kind of like, always throughout my childhood just kind of was getting bullied a lot struggled was always moving schools um obviously came up from the south of the north used to have a southern accent so that made me stand out like a, a sore thumb back in the day even though i've got the strongest northern accent ever <laughs> um yeah and then obviously a few years into my life i lost my mom when i was quite young so that was obviously like I actually think that for me was the pivotal moment of my spiritual journey, even though it took me a long, long time to realise that was that was the, the thing that made me very different and see things very differently was losing my mum at a young age, um, which automatically just kind of threw me, in a, I guess, like shut down. So when I was about eight, I just kind of shut down emotionally. Um, and then through the death of my mum, both me and my sister, like, we just kind of, like, developed, you know, like, eating disorders. Um, so I put on a lot of weight. Um, so as a young, kind of, eight-year-old, ten-year-old in their primary school, I was the little fat kid. Do you know what I mean? I didn't really have any friends um, because I was always moving schools. And, and there, yeah, man, for a long time, I just kind of put up with that. And for a long time, I just kind of put up getting bullied and... And then I remember being in secondary school and kind of you hit your nine and I kind of grew a little bit. I kind of got tall and my shoulders broadened out and 
And I just remember it's so mad, yeah, because like my roots in music always come from like obviously dance music. And I remember like every night before I go to sleep, I'd put like dance music on trance and I just have these visions. And in the visions, I'd be always in the schoolyard and I'd be getting bullied by everyone. Like, you know what I mean? The fir- in the first few years of having these like visions every night, like just listening to trance music, like not visions, but like almost like just just dreams essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, every night I'd get a little bit more courage. And then by the fourth or fifth night, I'd start like speaking back and just like standing up, standing back on my power and seeing like, actually, do you know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to take this anymore. And then I'd still be getting taken and beaten, mm-hmm. but, I'd, but my spirit was coming back each mm-hmm. night. Mm-hmm. It was mad, it's such a crazy experience when I look back and now I didn't realise this at the time, but it just like kept happening like every single night in my dream, my spirit would come back a little bit more and mm-hmm. I'd stand up and I'd fight. And then by the end of maybe like two weeks of having these, I remember essentially being bullied by them all, standing up and then them all come and hit me and I'm just like hitting them and they're all falling down and I'm like, wow, this is amazing. Yeah, like I can do this. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I went into school and the, the guys that were bullying me at the time, like they tried to bully me and I just stood up, do you know what I mean? Like in real this time or in real life and like I, I built up the courage and I stepped up and I was just like, all right, I'll, I'll fight you tonight. And like nobody expected it. And just in that one moment, I, I literally took back my whole life changed because I went from being the kid that got bullied and not really seeing anything to the kid that stood up. And then, you know, like I just kept winning my fights, but I just truly believe it was because I was just fighting from this place of like, from light, do you know what I mean? Like from this place of like, actually I won't be bullied. Do you know what I mean? I wasn't, yeah. I wasn't fighting from a place of ego. At I'm getting, first, I'm getting goosebumps here. Like it's, yeah, I'm actually like getting it's like, good, yeah, no, it's cool, man. I, and just honestly, Dave, before you keep going on, just thank you for your authentic, like your vulnerability as well, man. You know, and authenticity. Like, thank you for sharing this. But yeah, keep going, keep going with the with the story there. Sorry. Yeah, it's no, no, it's fine. Yeah, thank you for obviously opening up the space for me to, to share with you. It's, um, I think like it's really important. It's all. It's when you look back at your life, you can you can put it all together and kind of build a picture of why you are the way you are. Mm-hmm. or why you act certain things the way you do and um, yeah so I kind of went through this phase of then stepping up and becoming quite popular and becoming you know like in schools we have this crazy thing of like the hardest in the year blah 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 I'm sure every school has that and, uh, and yeah like I moved to the like pretty much to the top of that within the space of just a couple of weeks and I was like just then I was obviously just overwhelmed by how many people wanted to be my friend Mm. all the girls wanted me and I was just like whoa what's going on like it's crazy and didn't obviously take long before that just got to my head yeah and then you know like year nine year ten start drinking alcohol and just going through a load of crazy stuff but yeah I went through a pretty crazy patch of my life for like from the age of about 15 uh 17 18 where I was just fighting a lot drinking a lot uh just massively went down a bad path with a lot of like not really nice people there and and then I guess essentially to keep the story short yeah um boxing was kind of like another massive step in my journey of like learning how to channel the anger yeah obviously I had all of this anger built inside of years of just being bullied and losing my mom and not getting the love from the feminine and so mm-hmm. do you know what I mean it was just years and years of building up then I just popped for a few years and it took me nearly losing my life to an, 
to a knife and watching my friend like get stabbed up and to like really switch me on to be like wow actually this is not the life that I want you know what I mean like yeah. in my heart I'm, in my heart I'm a good person yeah you know I mean? okay yeah there's just a few things that I want to touch on and then we'll, we'll go from there yeah. um first of all like yeah so like from a young age you were already ingrained into kind of the visualization manifestation thing like that's powerful you know from such a young age you were visualizing going into school you were visualizing as we get older i mean look you'll probably be well aware of this you know how powerful visualization is how powerful manifestation is how powerful that is sitting with the mind and uh you know getting a clear picture of what you want and like you know you're doing it and like how 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 powerful that was for you to to visualize that going to school and then your life just changed instantly overnight you know and you wouldn't have had that courage if you didn't sit with it every night yeah. listen to music and actually visualize what you're going to go through and find the courage in the actual visualization before you've actually done the done the thing in itself which is just fucking huge you know mm. um also i know that um well else was it yeah, obviously when I was growing up, obviously we know we're kind of around the same age, like the same age. And it's yeah, funny yeah, because yeah. I know I knew your reputation of that latter year, you know, the latter years, year nine, year 10, year 11, Luke, you know, <laughs> the guy who like watch out for Luke Jackson in the town, he might, you know, give you a good eye or he might give you a crack, you know what I mean? Don't forget, don't get in the way of Luke. And that's why I found your story so interesting because when I was growing up, it was like, you know, this like, Luke, you don't want to get in his way. You don't want to see him on his bad side. And then now I look at you like this beautiful, you know, spiritual, strong-willed, like, you know, just absolutely beautiful like and I, like i said i don't really know you fully yet but even just yeah. watch up the vibe you put out the vibration i just know you're a beautiful human being so that's what i find so interesting about your story just the contrast between you know the the dark the dark growing up the the, the ego coming over and then you finding the light and finding your own path and finding your own way mm -hmm. it's just so fucking inspirational man honestly um so yeah let's let's start with that obviously where it changed there you said that your friend got stabbed up and you had a had a dark time there can we can we start with that yeah, man, I mean, I was, like, I was kicked out of the house at the time, so, like, I'd lost my connection to my dad. And to be honest, like, my dad's an amazing man, and, like, I think I am who I am also a dear, and I wasn't able to come out of that because I had such a strong father in my life, even though I didn't have the mother figure, I had such a strong father. But, um, you know, when I was 15 and I was getting ahead of myself, and, you know, I was a big lad at 15, I was, like, 17 stone. I was fucking... I was massive there, <laughs> about 50 kilo heavier than I am now. <laughs> um, and yeah, I just remember me and my dad falling out and yeah, kind of left the house and then moved in, you know, again, and was just hanging around with just yeah, with people that didn't really have my interest in. And like I say, I think it was boxing, yeah. When, it was, when I had this experience with the knife and watching my friend get stabbed, I just kind of, after that, I just realised that I was going to get in too deep. Mm -hmm. I was probably already in too deep mm -hmm. and that I was lucky enough to have escaped that like by literally centimetres. Um, and that was horrible time because I was really paranoid to the point where I couldn't walk down the street without thinking like, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So... I kind of started boxing again and moved back in the house with my dad. And my dad was like, me and my dad and um, Sean Casey was like a really, really amazing boxing coach in Sutherland. Um, they set up a gym there and I just kind of went back to that and then started to channel all of the anger that I had through, again, like I said, everything that had happened into boxing. 
Mm-hmm. And I was going to the gym, you know what I mean? I was getting out all of that like testosterone, all of that anger, and I just felt so amazing after it. And and I think also obviously a massive part of my uh, awakening was definitely moving away from like the alcohol and more to like the psychedelics and to the cannabis. Cannabis played a massive, massive part mm-hmm. in my in my evolution there. Because when I started smoking cannabis, but when I started doing it in the right setting, I yeah. in my house, watching podcasts, watching documentaries, exploring That's music, exploring cultures. You know what I mean? That for me just opened me up to this world. I never even wanted to travel. I never even had the idea of traveling until I was like maybe 19. Uh, yeah. And then it, it's funny because just to touch on that a little bit, like I like obviously coach people now and I obviously smoke weed and it's legal here in Canada, but I say like weed is a psychedelic. Like we, we, I only smoke it like maybe twice a week, but I have the intention of like not unconsciously smoking weed. I, I meditate, I journal, I watch some like really, um, you know, like inspirational shit. And like, I try to take in the right amount of the amount of right of knowledge and, and wisdom and watch like these YouTube videos and stuff. And I have the intention to use weed for its purpose because I feel like, like it gets wasted in society. It's so mm-hmm. powerful as a psychedelic. Um, but yeah, I want to touch on psychedelics because I know that was a big part of, of your journey, you know, and I want to, I want to just talk a little bit about the weed and your first psychedelic experience and the whole, you know, the whole, the whole, how it all, how it all manifested, I guess. Yeah. Um, it started off with weed, essentially me, uh, my friend Liam, who you know, I think, you know, Liam Damsel there, we would just yeah. basically, uh, he'd always come around and he, he liked to smoke and I was kind of, I mean, I was a doorman for a few years from the age of 18 to 21, I was a doorman, so most of my weekends were spent not doing things, do you know what I mean? Like, I wasn't really drinking at that time, so to speak, but I was definitely still enjoying a fight now and again. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, it just started off with me and Liam really smoking weed, listening to music, me and some of my other friends like Carl, Stefan, Johnny, Liam. Uh, a few of us were just, uh, just smoke, watch from years and documentaries, talk about life. And I was just like, wow, this is so much cooler than just going out and getting pissed up. Do you know what I mean? Like, I feel like I'm, I'm learning something every time we come around and spend this time together. I feel like we're learning something. And then I just became really curious about everything there because I feel like, obviously, since the death of my mom, I haven't really, I'm not really, I didn't really follow the path of the Christians or Christianity, so to speak. It never really made sense to me. So I couldn't find my connection to her through that, but I was always searching for something Mm -hmm. back to to some kind of answer of like, will I meet her again? Do you know what I mean? Will I ever see that or feel that that energy again? And something inside my heart has always known that I will. So, Mm -hmm. but I didn't talk about this for, well, we're there, I guess, until the 21, until I started smoking, taking psychedelics and then realizing like, um, that there was, something spiritual mm-hmm. that was something really connected about our lives mm-hmm. and i just kept having all of these mad experiences one after other sometimes with psychedelics mostly with psychedelics but sometimes not at all do you know what i mean just through exercise or just epiphanies there yeah. having lots of epiphanies loads of light bulb switch moments um yeah. i'd go to a Heron company park every night and i'd like start meditating and mm. And then reaching the amazing places through that and just mm-hmm. kind of questioning everything. Um, and then I think when I first took mushrooms, that was just kind of, for me, that was like, 
I'm a pretty sensitive person there, so that just blew my whole reality. Yeah, yeah. My first time, I, I, I took too many, and yeah. uh, I kind of think that I needed to. I needed to do that, oh, yeah, because that was like literally. I remember taking them. I'm not talking about the experience because it's such a long story. And yeah. it's very cryptic and fragmented. Yeah, <laughs> um, it was a long time ago, but I just remember having the last part of the trip I was lying on my bed and I'm in my room and it felt really strange to be in a room because I'd been outside before and I was in these boxes like in this box and my thoughts were all starting to loop around and I started to feel like my whole body was shutting down yeah so I could feel like my feet my toes shutting down my legs and I was really panicking and I was sitting with a few friends and I was like inside my head I was screaming to them like call me an ambulance somebody up something's bad happening but I didn't I didn't have the courage to speak out Mm-hmm. Like I didn't, ha- I didn't want to ruin their vibe by how much terror I was feeling. Mm-hmm. So I just kind of lay there and was just trying to fight the the feeling of my body shutting down. And it'd be like 30 seconds of absolute terror and like also horrible images um, mm-hmm. and just absolute terror. And then it switched and the terror turned to pure joy and pure bliss. And my body was full of electric and my body was tingling and dancing and I could see the roots my roots like connected to the roots of everything literally everything everyone every single cell my roots were connected to it and I felt total peace and then I switched again it just kept switching and I did it maybe five or six times and I'd be like oh whoa I'm dying again I'm dying I'm dying and literally feel myself dying uh, but by the last time the last round of that switch I remember when I felt like I was dying, I just laughed at myself and I was like, I'm not dying. And if I am dying, I just died and look at how much beauty I felt. Mm. So like in that moment, I just kind of accepted like, all right, if I'm dying, I accept that because I know I'm going somewhere beautiful. And instantly came out of the trip and was just like, looked at my friends like, wow, that was surreal experience. And then I remember just going to sleep, waking up the day after. And I live on the edge of Sunderland. So we got all the cornfields. And I just walked out of the cornfields and I could see all of the field blowing in the wind as one big breath every, and I just felt ultimate peace. Mm. Like I hadn't felt that peace since I, since before my mom, do you know what I mean? Like yeah. just this ultimate peace that I knew I was connected to everything. And that feeling will never leave me. Sometimes I lose it. I mean, do you know what I mean? It's a constant battle life. And That's, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Trying to get back to that place, it, it can be hard sometimes, especially when we try and force it, especially because you know it's real, you know that it's tangible, you know you can be in that peaceful place. So when you go back into the turmoil inside of yourself or you're having struggles, that's the place that you crave for. Yeah, Luke, honestly, that's fucking beautiful. Like, that was a fucking beautiful description of that experience. No, honestly, like, and I'm not even joking, like, it's... and. I'm like it's so similar to my experience as well so that's why I'm just getting so many much emotion now because it's just it's just a surreal experience of like just it's like finding something that nobody else knows but you know that other people know about it but they haven't yeah. realized again it it's just this weird it's just this weird experience and I want to talk about like after that experience because for me when when this happened um like my experience happened like a similar experience happened in 2016 and uh you know i had the whole ego death situation and just total obliteration of everything that i thought that i knew about myself and life overnight everything just switched and i just didn't know what the fuck was going on like i said i even done a similar where like the next day i walked out into the the backfield and the sun coming through the trees 
I was just like crying, just crying how beautiful it was and it's feeling sad. this connection. But at that time, I didn't know what it was. And I, you know, I had to then go and find out what it was. And I had to do my research and I found a whole new realm of spirituality. Like I found this whole chest of like people out there and information and in love and just, wow, it just blew my mind. But I want to talk about how you integrated that into your life after after the fact. So like for me, I hid away from that. I didn't show anybody that side of me for a long time because it was so different. And every time I tried to bring up a conversation about, you know, my spiritual experience or how I was feeling, it was always met with like, you're crazy or what the fuck you're yeah, talking about. Of course, yeah. I hid that side of me for, you know, maybe two, two years. It, it isn't only till the last year or two where I've had the courage to like, you know, show up as who I want to be and talk about the things that I want to talk about. So I just wanted you to touch on like, how you how you dealt with like you know having that experience and having all these experiences then finally yeah. finding this thing and feeling connected with the universe again and you know how did you navigate all that coming out of that experience um well it was pretty i think i'm pretty lucky that obviously i've got a, my dad is obviously like i say he's not just an amazing man he's very open-minded mm-hmm. um like in the front room we have a library it's got the quran the bible you know like always taught me to look at everything yeah and to stay neutral in a sense, but like to look and see that there's truth in everything, but not one ultimate thing is the truth. Yeah, That's kind of how I live my life. And uh, I remember just kind of like, the, was starting to have a smoke with my dad and me and my dad started opening up a lot. And so I knew that he was open to it anyways. So I remember about a week after having this amazing experience, he walks in my room and he's like, I think it's time you read this book. And he passes me, I don't know if you've read it, The Celestine Prophecy. No, I've never read it. It's an, it's an incredible book. Yeah. And like this book for me at that time was the Bible. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. like, because one, once I read this book, everything around me started to happen the same way it happened in the book. Mm-hmm. It's so, and like, I just realized that, yeah, like I just kind of, I don't really know how to explain it. Yeah. It just, everything changed. I think after that, I think I, I was in full power of my life again mm-hmm. and I knew that nothing nothing would really stop me from doing what I wanted to do and I had friends that were supportive of me and like um, so I think I didn't necessarily hide from it I reached out for it mm, okay. I like I just went for it and I was like nah this is an answer to something I've been searching for again since a long time do you know what I mean? and I do genuinely believe as kids we're all connected mm-hmm. I do do believe that, do you know what I mean? I think we're, we're so connected to the spiritual world and and then at some point we lose 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 that um, and we've just got to kind of refine it. And some people find it through psychedelics, some people through meditation, some people through, so there's so many different catalysts that can open the yeah. door there. Um, so let, I want, let's talk about that because that's something I'm, I'm kind of like learning, um, especially in this, like in the last few, maybe it's the last year, um, like, so I would feel spiritually connected, Luke, you know, I'd feel super spiritually connected and, you know, everything would be making sense. I'd be reading stuff and everything was just channeling. And I, I would be feeling so like loved and I'd be shown love to other people. And, and then, you know, that might last for like two, three, four months. And then something mm-hmm. might happen and I switch. And then I don't know if it's the ego coming back in, but then I lose that, you know, I used to, yeah. I used to feel disconnected and I used to be like shitting myself like, Oh, have I lost it? Have I lost that feeling? And I used to always try and get back to feeling connected again. I used to try my hardest. I used to do psychedelics and try and meditate when I didn't want to try and read all these books when I didn't want to try my hardest to get back. And I would never, I would never be able to get back, but I would never be able to get back in an authentic way. 
Um, yeah, forcing it. And like forcing it, but now I'm coming in and like everything's just a wave. And like the times that I feel disconnected are just times that I feel disconnected and I'm okay yeah. with that. And I don't try and cling back. But then the funny thing is like now I'm just accepting that sometimes I feel disconnected, sometimes I feel connected. The times of disconnect is becoming smaller and smaller and smaller. Yeah. So like when I used to try so hard to get back to that place, it's like um, I was just kind of forcing myself to be disconnected by trying to get back there but now i've just accepting the flow and the polarity and the wave of life i'm just kind of just like so at ease at the minute and like mm -hmm. like i said i feel disconnected and some days i do some days i don't and it's it's all just part of the experience um yeah, sure. how do you deal with that do you have times because oh like, man, it's, yeah. honestly i know that my life looks like i live the best wildest yeah, life yeah. Ever on social media but trust me like to me i have my down times man yeah and uh yeah, like I've been obviously traveling pretty much for the last seven years, which has been amazing. But you know, like that lifestyle also comes at a cost. Mm -hmm. Comes at a cost of your health for sure. Do you know what I mean? And yeah, I've been dealing with like quite not not a lot of health problems the last few years, but a bad back. Do you know what I mean? Some 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 things that have really like kind of limited me to to be that strong young man that I used to be. Yeah. Um, it's been a not even that, just emotionally, I think, and also with what is happening in the world and the changes that we're going through, it's, I would say it's hard not to get down there. Yeah, like, I think I'm, I'm a person that I've always been, like, I've always been affected quite deeply by the troubles of the world. Mm -hmm. Hence why I write a lot of poetry on music, like, and try to, to bring that to light because I'd always be affected by it so deeply mm -hmm. and I'd feel tremendous sadness. And now I'm at a point in my life where I can't express sadness without feeling ashamed or without feeling like it doesn't make me manly or something because I know who I am, do you know what I mean? And I know what I've been through and I know that actually expressing myself in that way and I've been doing brother circles the last few years and it's been a massive journey that I think, um, that, yeah, I've just found that talking about things. Yeah. and it's Being it's, able to express it. As a man, you know yourself, mate. As a man that grew up in Sunderland, yeah. you can't tell your friends that stuff back home about just and if friends told you we'd rip the piss out of them and that's just how it is because it's normalized but actually i mean i look around me mate and i just see angry men everywhere and sad men because they can't express themselves and yeah. men killing themselves a lot a lot of men are in jail do you know what i mean and it's, it's all boils down and not being able to express that's the right. sadness which then comes out as anger because if you can't express yourself through sadness look at a child a child cries it gets sad. If it doesn't feel like it's being heard or seen in that sadness, they get angry mm -hmm. before tantrum. Especially a man as well. You know, a man, is, anger is the only uh, expression that a man is accepted to, to express. Mm -hmm. You know, it's the only emotion that we're allowed to express, especially coming from, you know, Sunderland or where, like, you know, the North Sea of England. It's a very, uh, I would say, a heavy, heavy masculine, heavy masculine environment. And yeah. like, I've been doing men's group, you know, I've been going to men's group for the past um about a year now here in canada you know every week on a wednesday and it's, yeah, it's just been fucking absolutely pinnacle in my growth honestly the yeah. person I, I was a year ago to the person i am today is just blows my fucking mind and like like i even i can see it and sometimes it's hard to see the change in yourself but even i can feel it you know just really tapping into my authentic self being able to express myself the way i want to express myself you know having that strong masculine presence around us where it's not all egotistical and surface you know we get real life shit talk. we talk about real life shit we get into the nitty-gritty we support each other like we meant mm -hmm. to support each other we're a fucking tribe you know and just having that around us and experience that and experiencing that it's okay to show emotion it's okay you know to, to let your guard down and show a bit of vulnerability because there's strength in that there's courage in that oh, man, it's, you know it's, 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 and like less things affect me now you know like 
I don't feel like I need to stay, I need to pretend anymore. It's like, I don't need to, you know, I found the power in just being able to be vulnerable. Um, yeah. And it's just, and it just gives you so much ease in life. You know, I just feel at ease all the time now. Uh, no, I mean, definitely. Yeah. Like yeah. if you feel like you can reach out and just talk to somebody and let it out, like that, in that in itself, just telling somebody something that is internal, if you externalize it, it's like letting water steam out of a pressure cooker, literally. Do you know yeah. what I mean? It's like, it just lets something out. 100%, brother. And like I said, I mean, um, yeah. And I feel like it's definitely something that I want to, I also want to like facilitate myself as well, you know, in the future, because mm. I've seen the power. Right. And you, you just touched on that. You've been going to brother circles there as well. Yeah, and I've facilitated some and it's, it's, it's really powerful. Yeah. And I think the beautiful thing about this is that you don't really need to be you don't really need to to learn a lot to facilitate a brother's circle you just have to be able to hold the space and open up a space that people can talk comfortably in yeah so i like i think the more of us that are doing it and the more of us that actually start running the circles mm -hmm. i think it's going to be really helpful because we don't have brotherhood these days do you know what i mean and like i think women in, in that aspect they have each other and they have friends that they can like express themselves to brothers we don't have that we don't trust each other men don't trust each other no and, feeling, it's, and it's acceptable for feminine the feminine energy to open up to each other you know it's acceptable yeah, yeah. like it's, it's just it's, normal yeah but it's normal. Feminine, it is I mean, normal even though in the last few years it has becoming more and more of a thing yeah which i think is definitely necessary yeah because like i say i just think that men are struggling a lot inside internally that we're not seeing and and with social media as well, it's highlighted, you know, you see it all the time and it's like, it, it, and it really affects me, you know, it really affects me how like people are just suffering, especially men are suffering in silence. And all mm. it is, is like letting go of, letting go of the, the, I don't know, letting go of that, like taking off that mask, you know, just take off that mask and just be vulnerable for one second. And you'll be able to, like you said, really, let, just let off that steam, just let off that little bit of, just release that little bit of pressure. You know, that's all we need yeah. to do because the pressure builds up and builds up and, we kind of show our true selves to an egg each you know, I think if you know if you're in a group of men and you open up and you, you talk you might be you might open yourself up to that judgment or criticism but i think on a deeper level you will have planted a seed inside of them to know that it's okay to do that yeah even if it takes years for that seed to flower you've planted that seed. just by you opening up and being vulnerable even though you know that it might mm. you know what i mean ah, blah 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 you know that you're planting seeds to show other men that it's all right. Yeah. It's all right to be vulnerable. It's all right to speak. It's all right because it is. But it, I think it's also all right to be alpha and I think it's also all right to be empowered. Do you know what I mean? I think, yeah. we, need, I think we need to be everything. I think um, at the end of the day, emotions, we all feel them and we all experience them and they all like waves. They come and go. And yeah. I think it's key and it's vital for spiritual growth to feel every emotion. Yeah. And yeah. to learn how does that emotion serve me? How does that emotion not serve me? Do you know what I mean? Of finding the right balance with your emotions because, you know, like all of my music, everything that I create and put so much passion into, it comes from a lot of sadness and anger. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, which couldn't, can be looked at as a very bad negative energy, but actually I think it can be the most beautiful energy when we transform it into a way that is, that is accessible for others. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because it obviously, you know, it opens up a channel in them as well, you know, through your music, you can open up a little, you know, it opens up something in them. I mean, that's what mm -hmm. music does, isn't it? It, it, it unlocks all the, like it unlocks 
something in you that you feel that you can resonate with the person who's actually, you know, expressing the music in itself. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about traveling a little bit. So like, obviously, I know that you've been traveling for, you know, seven years. Um, I just want to talk about a little bit about traveling, like where, just like brush over where you've been and like, you know, any of your favorite places, any, any of the most pinnacle places you've been. I know you've been to like, is it Rainbow? Is it Rainbow Gathering or Rainbow? Rainbow Gathering. Rainbow Gathering and stuff like that. Like that's just blows my mind, you know, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, a, that's another world that in itself. Uh, yeah, that's what I mean. Like you've, you've tapped into them worlds though. And that's what I find so um, just amazing about it. You know, it's so, it's so mind blowing to me that you've, you've been to them places. You, it feels like to me, like you've been on the edge of, of the earth, but in like a, in an experience sense yeah, yeah, yeah. you know yeah, sure, yeah i mean yeah obviously after when i was in something i flew to ibiza and kind of went there on a like yeah obviously everybody was you know what it's like in ibiza but the first night i just i took a pill and it just sent me west and like i just remember the day after waking up being like i've got 11 days on this island i don't really want to go out party every night because I'm just there. Uh, like, I'm just pretty susceptible. Like, I can handle ganja lots, mm -hmm. but anything else, I just little tiny bits. And uh, so I just kind of decided on that night, I was like, I'm just going to explore the island of Ibiza. Yeah. And every day I would just walk a different direction along the coast. And I would just, this is when I first started meeting hippies or people living in caves. And, and I was like, what the fuck? Like, this, these people do this. Like, nah. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like the first time a boy from Sunderland, do you know what I mean? Like walking into these caves, like what the fuck? This is awesome. Mm. Uh, and then I kind of yeah, I had the most amazing ten days in the Bifa. Like that was also a massive, massive pinnacle of like the synchronicities that I experienced on that island, and just completely going into the unknown by myself and trusting. And then where I ended up and all of the people and places that I found there, I was just like, wow. Again, getting back to this book, I was like, this book's so true here. Yeah. Like, mm. I can manifest anything, do you know what I mean? Mm. And like, I'm there, just, it was happening right before my eyes. And and then after that, I kind of decided I'd fly to Southeast Asia. So I flew out to Southeast Asia, Thailand, traveled around Thailand, Cambodia, Laos, which was just crazy and mm. absolutely epic at the same time. Yeah. Um, for the first few months, I was just on top pause, you know what I mean? Nothing was bringing me down every day was just like every day was a big party and it was just just like a big celebration of life it was uh it was amazing but then when i was in laos i am um, again cutting another long story short but i basically i got robbed um and didn't have any money um so that was quite a hard time i went from just like being in this incredible blissfulness to then being in this position of like in a company that I couldn't get my bank card sent to, um, didn't know what to do without any money, um, and a broken motorbike. <laughs> I didn't have a second gear in Laos and a very mountainous country, and and then I just kind of went through this this dark patch. There. Then that was kind of the first dark patch I went through after my spiritual awakening, actually. And uh, it was really interesting to go from this super high of like nine months of just watching life just turn into the most magical journey for me to then being like it was like whoa all right like i'm in a third world country with more money no nobody around me who i know like what am i gonna do and it was like really in that time that i feel like i actually just became a man to be honest mm. like i was like an initiation for me um yeah and then after that i kind of 
decided that I needed to get back to like some kind of Western world or Western culture. Because as much as I love the Southeast Asia, Asia culture, it's so different. Different, yeah. There and I was, I mean, it was crazy at some points and then so peaceful at other times. You know what I mean? Obviously, it has all of those things. But uh, I flew out to Australia um, and spent my first few weeks in Sydney, which was a massive culture shock. Manly Beach, um, coming from Southeast Asia, full of hippies and full of these amazing traveling souls, to them being again back in this place where everybody was just like, nobody smiled at me when I walked past them. I felt like everybody was judging me because I had my backpack on. And yeah. it was interesting there. Yeah, and then I was just like, oh my God, like, what have I done there? Yeah. And my first few weeks in Australia, even though it was beautiful, like the, I was going places and seeing how beautiful and the beautiful beaches and I just kind of, after that, I kind of felt like I was going to come home. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I remember one night I was kind of, I was just starting to feel like, like, again, really disconnected. I was like, I don't know what to do. Do I go back home? Do I go back to Southeast Asia? Like, I want to be with travellers again. Um, I want to be back on the floor of life. I was staying with my godmother at the time, which she was my mum's best friend, which was beautiful. So that was like kind of like a healing process for me to be living with my mum's childhood best friend. Um, but also this, the, the actual surrounding of the area just wasn't me. So I was struggling. And then also bringing up all of this, this stuff about my mum. I was just like, again, kind of going into this place. And then I just wrote this poem. I remember writing this poem um, and I finished the, the last line. The last line is freedom. And I turned around and opened up Facebook and I just saw like this poetry competition um, flash up on my screen, on my Facebook. Yeah. I was like, oh, interesting. I was in Australia and I was like, all right, where's Bellingen? I typed in Bellingen, which is this beautiful little town in Australia. It's full of amazing people. Um, it's very alternative. And I was like, all right, that's six hours away, which is quite not, which is nothing for Australia. Yeah. <laughs> So I was like, all right, I can do that. So I, re- I messaged the person, I posted the post, and I just sent him a message. And I said, um, if I if I come up um, if I come up to Bellingen, can you guarantee me a spot? Because it's a long way. Mm-hmm. And he sent me a message back saying, not only will I guarantee you a spot, I'll give you a sofa to sleep on. So I was like, oh, sweet. So yeah. next thing I jumped on the bus to Bellingen and uh, I did the poetry competition. And there, I, I, I won the people's choice. And after that, the community just took me in and let me go into schools, speak to the kids, took me to an wow. Aboriginal camp. It was crazy, yeah. Like, they let me go into school and talk about psychedelics. Uh, the story that I'm telling you right now, they, they literally asked me to go into the school and teach, like, 17-year-old kids. Uh, mm-hmm. I can't remember what class. Maybe it was a psychology class. But they asked me to, like, just share my life experience with this class, which I thought was, which was, I thought was wow, incredible. Yeah, such an honour. Um, and then, yeah, end up at our original camp. And just from that moment, from that moment of going from Sydney to Bellingham, that's when I really became immersed in this spiritual community. Because uh-huh. um, I was living in Northern New South Wales, Byron Bay area, yeah. around, yeah. around Mount Warning. It's just high energy. It's just high energy, high spiritual energy. Yeah. Um, yeah. So... Yeah, that was just some mad time. And then, I mean, I've been back to Australia three times, spent a year in New Zealand. But the last few years, I've, I've, I've really been there exploring Britain. And I, I, 
I'm just falling more and more in love with this island the more time I spend here. And as much as I, I love to travel and see new places, I love I love my connection to this land there. Mm. And, and I feel like I've really found those roots that I was talking about mm-hmm. um, back here. But yeah. it took me to all of these amazing countries to realise that. Mm-hmm. Luke, I'm just going to... Um, so yeah, I forgot what I was going to say, but, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, so you're back to England. So yeah, that's, 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 that's something that I'm, I'm kind of playing with at the minute because obviously I've been away from home for a while now. And like, I, I think, I feel like I was always like running, I'm running away from England in a sense, you know, I'm running away from the past. I'm running away from the challenge of like being who I want to be, but back home. Um, yeah. but more and more lately, honestly, the past year, more and more, like I'm ready to come home. Like I'm ready to explore England. Like like when I look like because I've been away from it for so long I look back I'm like fuck you know there's there's beauty there there's so much history there's so much fucking culture that we just I was totally oblivious of when I was once living there yeah me too uh, it was crazy and honestly look there's so many questions I want to ask you about your travels and like there's the whole journey and, and I know we've only got limited time so I'm just going to try and keep this going but honestly I'd like in the future, I definitely want to have another conversation. Oh, cool, yeah. There's just so much information that I want to know. Um, I'd like to ask you some questions. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, but honestly, we'll do it again. But what I want to talk about is because, like, spirituality. So when I, you know, when I was going, I was going traveling, I was finding this, like, you know, like spirituality or whatever you want to call it, you know, your own authenticity, whatever. And I always thought that I need to, like, you know, grow dreadlocks and like become a hippie, you know? And like, I, so I went to Asia and I was like, oh, well, I need to like, you know, like be with all these hippies and I need to grow dreadlocks, but I just didn't feel connected in that way. I just didn't feel like I fitted in. And I, I used to beat myself up and was like, well, am I truly, I mean, ego used to talk, am I truly spiritual if, if I don't like, and like, I really yeah. used to get caught up in all that, you know? And um, it really used to affect us, you know, in the early days, it really used to affect us, especially when I left home to try and like find me tribe. Yeah. Uh, I found myself being so unauthentic that I was actually like doing a detriment to myself. Um, mm-hmm. So I just want to talk about your spiritual practice because I know that you have got your own little thing. I, 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 I mean, you might obviously have a tribe as well, but I feel like you have a unique, a unique, you know, a unique sense of spirituality of how like yeah. you present yourself. And mm-hmm. it really fits in with the culture of England, I think, you know, and, and, and like paganism, am I, am I right? Yeah, that's, yeah. that's more, that's more, that's more, I can honestly, bro, I could talk about this for hours and it's yeah. a big subject that I'm actually really passionate about at the moment is, um, again, is this like, it's the glamour of spirituality and like yeah. anything for me, spirituality, even though for me it was beautiful to first go out and to go to all of these rainbow gatherings and to live these lives i realized that again it was just all ego yeah. again it was about my long hair it was about how i looked it was um everything was about and i just uh, honestly personally i think spirituality as a whole is actually just it's the new religion and mm. it's unfortunately becoming very corrupt very fast mm. and it's becoming very trendy and it's becoming accessible for the wrong reasons, even mm-hmm. though it's good. And I think to a degree, we need to go through that. Like we all need to go through yeah. that process of like, whoa, what am I doing? It's like shredding beers back every time. And to be honest, bro, I've, I've met lots of amazing souls on my travels and I felt at parts like I was part of a tribe, but I think on an overall, I'm a bit of a lone wolf. Yeah. Um, See, I am there. And, and yeah. obviously that's what gets me down sometimes is because I'm like, I don't know, yeah, I feel like the same way that I wanted to break away from society because I saw the corruption in it. I also now 
want to break away from the spiritual community because I see the corruption in it and I don't feel like I have a place to speak about it without being automatically put into a box of like, I don't know what it is, uh, but a big subject of mine recently is definitely, I feel like I went to Southeast Asia and I went to Australia and I learned about the Buddhist culture and I learned about the Aboriginal culture and they're beautiful. Mm-hmm. I know there's so much beauty in every culture and every religion, but I kept reaching this point where I'd reach a point I couldn't go any further. Mm-hmm. And I was like, why can't I go any further? And then it was when I was in Australia, all of the Australians, because uh, they're obviously Scottish and Irish, they were more connected to our culture, British mm-hmm. culture, than I was. And they kept telling me, like, you're a bard, you know, like, you're this, you're this. And I, and I was like, what is a bard? What is a druid? Mm-hmm. And they couldn't believe that I came from England and didn't know about these things. Mm-hmm. And people kept saying, you're a Viking, this, this. And like, after a while, it started to be like, wow, interesting there. Like, mm-hmm. what's the history of my culture? And um, then I came back home and started visiting all of the ancient sites. And I think for me, that was that was when I truly found my authenticity is when mm. I went back to the sacred sites of Britain and they spoke to me and showed me things that I just, I can't even begin to describe. And I was like, wow. And I do genuinely think as Westerners, we are so disconnected from our paganism, from our indigenous ancestors who once lived with the land. You know, like we go to the Amazon or we go to Australia or we go to India because we search for these indigenous cultures because they still exist there. And I think that's beautiful, but I think there reaches a point where you need to try and get back to your own indigenous connection to the land. Because in Australia or certain cultures, you take the person from the land, it's like taking the spirit away. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? The land is the spirit. Yeah. And for me, spirituality is not about anything glamorous. It's not even, I don't have a practice, you know what I mean? Like, and I think a practice can definitely be good. And I think, but every single person is different and every practice serves somebody else different. So um, I think for me, I'm also a person that I, I try and often kind of advise more people not to seek so much answers in spirituality for other people, but just to get back to the, back to the elements. Thank you. Like, this is honestly, this is the, this is the, everything that I've been like. So like I was yet again, I was caught up in the ego spirituality. I was like trying to be spiritual all the time, meditate and do all these things. And it's like the past two years I've been realizing like for me, spirituality has just been truly authentic to who I am. That is it. And like before, like going to the gym, I used to think going to the gym was ego and it wasn't spiritual. Like mm-hmm. I used to like fight away from it, but I always used to like want to go back to the gym. Like I really yeah. want to go back to the gym, but it's, oh, it's me ego. And I used to get caught in my own head. And that's not all. That's what I mean. Now I'm realizing like that was all just bullshit. Like I'm just getting caught up in that like spirituality shit. And it's like, now I feel like if I'm just being authentic to myself and I'm doing things that are aligned with me, maybe that's meditating one day. Maybe that's going to the gym and like doing it. Like that is me being spiritual to myself. And that's just me. Like my, my, my practice and my being doesn't, isn't a part of anybody else. This is just me. This is my spiritual thing. You know, this is me feeling connected in who I am. And as long as I'm connected with them, I am, and I keep in tapped into my authentic self, that's me, quote unquote, being like spiritual in a sense. You know, I don't have to be anything else. I don't have to be walking around with crystals yeah. around my neck and meditating yeah. and projecting. Some of the most spiritual people I've met are homeless people. Yeah. And the power. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Exactly. And like, it's, it's not about, it's not, it's got nothing to do with um, how you look. And I think the people that often look the more spiritual are normally so caught up in that, that they've actually unfortunately do you know I mean we all know it and I'm fully aware of myself do you know I mean like I've still got a big ego yeah of course. It's always there 
And yeah, I constantly yeah. have to be humble myself and be in humility of like, all right, Luke, like check yourself again, check yourself again. Are check you yourself. really being authentic here? Are you really being authentic here? Are you really in integrity? <sighs> and I think like we need, I think we need to do that. And not only do we need to do it, but when we see our friends or our brothers and sisters doing something that we don't think is an integrity, we should call them out on it. Mm. I think within the spiritual community, it's all about love and light and telling people how beautiful you are, which of course is beautiful. But mm. I think, after a while, I kind of was craving people to tell me what they didn't like about me. Because mm. I'm like, I want to grow. Yeah, and and I, I can't see, I can't see, I can't do me. It requires a massive amount of consciousness to see when you're not acting out of a certain way. Yeah. And that's why men's group's been good for me because it's been like me tapping into my shadow side and then reflecting the shadow side, but also me accepting my shadow side. Like, I've got a shadow and it's fine. Like, I've got all these things that are quote unquote negative and like, I don't want to show up the world, but now I'm showing to the world. I don't give a fuck. It's part of me and my shadow. Yeah, yeah. And like all the men's groups reflecting back to me, everything that's wrong. And I'm like, great. This is what I want. I want, I want to grow. So I need to, if I don't know, like if I don't know where to heal, then I kind of grow, you know? And, and that's what the beautiful thing about the men's spaces and the, like the men's group is like, I get that nice reflection and I get that humbling to a point where I'm, I know where I'm able to, to, to grow in certain areas or where I'm able to accept myself or where I'm able to, to show love. Um, yeah. But I'm so, I'm so buzzing like that. Yeah. That you, you've, you've talked about like spirituality isn't about, you know, looking a certain way or trying to act a certain way, but more so just being trying to be authentic to you because that's just a message that I, I mean, like I'm just learning, you know, about myself, like, yes, you know, and it's an ever going process. And like I said, I've got a massive ego, you know, but I, it's part of me. Like I've got an ego, and yeah, I do check me. Yeah, I mean, out I, ego, I, I don't think ego is necessarily a bad thing. Yeah. When I was traveling, I was like, I'm gonna annihilate my ego. Mm. And after a while, I realized, well, how, how am I gonna laugh with people? Yeah. How, am I, how am I gonna like? How am I gonna? How am I gonna reach people? Because we all operate with ego, and I think ego can also be something good. It's just that yeah. when we let it control us, mm -hmm. and it's also you can get for, you can form a sense of disconnect from you and everybody else because like when you're on this like non-ego path spiritual path and like you're trying to have a conversation with people but yeah, you, kind of you kind of relate and, and it's like what am i doing like I, i'm here to have a human experience you know yes i am a soul but i'm like i'm a human like i don't want yeah. to dissolve my ego i've got an ego for a reason you know and yes yeah. obviously we don't want it to get inflated too too high where we get caught up in like i don't know like maybe it's like consumerism or just like really down the down the path of just total disconnect but still we need the whole space for it we need yeah, to still have it in our lives yeah i think it's such a big part of um yeah, it's, just, it's just it's like when you said the shadow like for me i, I just I, of, I, I often use this as an example for myself to come back to i remember sometimes i do yoga and like when i do it and if the sun's shining i used to always do it with my like fears towards the sun mm -hmm. and i still do but every now and again i'll turn around and look at my shadow mm. and it's actually such a beautiful thing to see because like in my shadow i just look like this being like this masculine being of light and being like there isn't any skin or textures it's just this it's just this shape of me yeah it's my shadow and i'm and i remember looking at it once and being like wow you're always with me yeah mm. and the stronger the light is the more i can see in my shadow wow that is a beautiful analogy Honestly, bro, and I've like, thought about that before. The stronger the light, the bigger the shadow. That's fucking unreal. The shadow, yeah, the darker the shadow. Ah. That is spirituality for me. And the key is that people think they're going to go on the spiritual journey and it's just going to be beautiful bliss, but it's actually. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> to be honest, I've had the most depressing times of my life over the past four years, mate. Like really <laughs> low, low, low times. Like everyone yeah, thinks yeah. on social media that I've been traveling the world and they always keep saying, I'll keep living the dream. I'm like, 
I've been lonely, isolated, going through some serious heavy shit over here. Like, just really disconnected and don't know what I'm doing with my life or who the fuck I am. Like, it's really dark times, you know? Yeah, that's Uh, that's the spiritual journey, bro. It's the pain of weird moods time and time again. It's not, it's, 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 because it's just a blit, like, I'm just trying to pick up the pieces still, you know? I'm just like, what the fuck's going on? Um, I want to talk a bit about your music, Luke, because that's fucking huge, you know? I do. And, I know I want to also know how many instruments you play because I've seen you play so <laughs> many fucking instruments from like the didgeridoo to the yeah, uh, what's the uh, the drum called? Um, the Hankman. Yeah, man, that's fucking just so in, like inspirational. Like I've got a ukulele there, and I think it's part of me ego where I was spiritual and I bought a ukulele like everybody else, <laughs> like everybody else does, you know. <laughs> but even just my brain doesn't pick up on instruments that well. I don't know whether that's just me telling myself that or that's true, but like that's you telling yourself, bro. Yeah, that's no, me no. telling myself that. My uh, first, sorry, I'll let you finish. No, no, yeah, I just then, like, I just, I just see you picking up the. I just, it seems like, or get, you give the impression of that you can just pick up, up an instrument and you can, you get in tune with it, or, or do you have to work at it? Like, yeah, like, let's talk about your music a little so, bit. It's so mad because I literally spent. Obviously, I grew up in little Raji Chava from Sunderland. Do you know what I mean? Council State boy, bit of bit of bit of beat, you know this. That's my roots in music. Mm-hmm. Seriously. That's where it all started for me. It was just emceeing on a Friday night, charged yeah. to a long greenie. Do you know what I mean? Hype, hyping up a load of teenagers. <laughs> um, so it started off as that. And I did that obviously for a few years and then kind of moved into rap. Mm-hmm. But then I was writing songs. And to be honest, mate, I'll send you somewhere, but don't don't send them to anybody else. No, no, no. Um, I've made like these old tracks on YouTube when I was about fucking hell, 14, 15. I produced myself and like the lyrics that I'm talking about are really good and like really even like pretty 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 like conscious for a for a 15 year old but I'm doing it all with a, an American accent. Oh really? <laughs> you know what I'm so I'm trying like what I was doing is obviously just trying to again follow the crowd, follow what I thought was cool. And again the mushrooms after the mushrooms, I remember after I took the mushrooms, I started writing the rap, but I start it's uh, you've probably heard the poem it's, it starts off with my name's Luke and I come from the northeast of England mm-hmm. yeah yeah and I said that but I said it in my accent and I was like whoa I was like that's really unique why have I never spoken my accent before mm-hmm. you know because I'm sure you get it a lot as a man I'm traveling the world people absolutely yeah. love our accent I've actually just wrote that down in big writing accent here because you touched on it at the start of the conversation honestly I used to try and hide my accent and try and yes, now yes, it's yes. a strength man it's a strength everybody loves it and it's like but it's so strong like it's funny Luke I didn't realize that I had an accent, okay, like, <laughs> back home. Honestly, the first day in Bangkok when I landed and I was around the table, it was just, like, you know, loads of different cultures, like English and, I mean, a, a Canadian and American. And I remember sitting down my first day on my own, like, nervous as hell, like, had a beer, and then the, the conversation was going, and I opened my mouth and I said something, and everybody just looked at me and went, what did you just say? And I was like, exactly the same experience. And I was like, holy fuck i sound so much different than any people and then from there i mean it's just been a journey of me trying to like like make like get people to understand what i'm trying to say yeah the key is just to slow it down yeah just slow it down yeah because yeah, i mean i remember again similar exactly i had the same things like where i've spoke especially after a few beers and people have literally stopped and just looked at me like what language is that and i'm like english, <laughs> english. Uh, they're like english english um, <laughs> So what was, what was I going to say? The accent in the music, how it was a strength. The accent in the music, yeah. Um, 
got kind of back to my accent and like obviously when I went to Australia I did this poetry competition mm-hmm. and people in Australia loved my poetry loved my accent and that's when they kept seeing me like you're such a storyteller you're a bard and I'm like what's a bard and something just I'm just a rough northern English but just anyway just people liked it um and I remember being in this room one day and I'm smoking drunk with some some of my friends who I've met in Australia and there's a didgeridoo there and I've never played an instrument in my life and I've always had this mentality of I can't do music instruments mm. I don't have the music mind and I promise you bro I told myself that for 21 years mm. and they passed me the didgeridoo and said I would try and I said no nah, I can't do that mm. and they looked at me and they went just try just try and I'm like I can't do that mm. do you know what I mean like so I'm instantly just telling myself I can't do that yeah. and like just try it so I get the didge and I'm like and I get a sound the first time and that that one moment for me it switched something in my brain that instantly went from I can't do this to I can do this Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and now I've applied that to every instrument so after that I picked up the guitar at first I'm trying I'm like I can't do this I can't do this I'm like ah but remember you can do this Mm -hmm. you're going to sound shit at first but what do you expect so I mean, you can't pick up a musical instrument and and but just like if you've got no musical, if you've got no no experience of musical instruments, you can't pick up a musical experience and expect to know what to do. Exactly. You've always got to start from the bottom. You've always got to you, you, yeah, you've got to have the you've got to have the courage to be shit at something, you know. You, uh, yeah, and like a lot of people try and start, and it's the same for me. Like I always, I used to get discouraged because if I started a new thing, I'm so shit at it that it's like, oh well, what's the point? And it's like you got to start from the bottom. And it's funny how, like, I mean, you touch, I want to keep going with your music, but you touched on, like, just we tell ourselves narratives. We, we tell ourselves stories and we believe them from a young age. And that's part of my, these past four years, it isn't me, like, learning anything new, which obviously I am learning mm-hmm. things new, but it's about unlearning everything. I'm just, like, catching myself, like, why? Why do I believe that? Wait a minute. Is that true? That is not true. Wait, why have I told myself that for fucking 28 years? That's so strange. And, like, then, like, re- rewiring that story and telling myself this different story. And next thing I know, I'm over that little hump and it's like, I'm just on with my life again. And it's, it's crazy how you, f- you keep yourself stuck by just all the stories that you tell yourself, but you never question the stories. They're just yeah. there. You know, the beliefs are just there. Um, and it's like, you know, like an example there with the music, you're just telling yourself that story, you rewire the story in your brain. Next I thing you know, myself a story, do you know I mean? yeah, next <laughs> thing you know, you're off and yeah, look where you are today. So yeah, sorry. Keep going with the, with the story there. I, 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 what was I touching on? I think just I you were saying obviously the didgeridoo. You were uh, you picked it up and then you hit the note and you know you, you, then you then you just kept telling yourself the story. And every time you picked up a new instrument, you were like, "Look, I I, I can't play this. I can't do this." Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean that's that's been the journey really. It started off as didge for a few months, and I picked up the guitar, and then I started singing, and that's been a massive journey for me. And that's been like one of the biggest really because that is sharing my vulnerable side. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like when I rap or speak poetry, it's much, it's my masculine. Do you know what I mean? It's the warrior, it's like the, it's rise, it's fight. And then when I sing, it's more like, it's more that little boy that lost his mom again. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And like, that's what, that's what wants to come out in that. Not always, it depends what I'm singing. Do you know what I mean? I love to sing tribal stuff as well and like very masculine. But I think for me, that was one of the hardest parts to start showing people. And obviously, coming from Sunderland and having a lot of followers on Instagram from Sunderland or something, that's always being a worry in my head. It's like, will people not see? Because I know that, I know that, you know what I mean? Whenever you go and live a, a lifestyle that's different, you're always going to be open to to whatever. Yeah. So 
it's been a battle of myself of like, shit, do I release this? Do I do it? Like, I know that maybe my traveling friends will like it, but maybe my friends back home won't like it. And that's, it's just been a massive journey of like, actually, look, it doesn't matter. Do you like it? Yeah. It doesn't matter. Do you like it? Does it make you feel good? Does it feel yeah. good when you do it? Yeah, then do it. It doesn't matter. And I'm just constantly trying to remind myself that to not get caught by these things that are programmed into us to be like, I can't do that. People will judge me. I can't do that. And I think I've always been quite fearless like that. I, when I first was in Sunderland in the main, like, I just kind of was like, oh, all right, this is who I am now. And I wasn't afraid to just step into it. Um, yeah, see, that, and that's the thing. So, like, you, so you still come up with that in your head. You still come up with the fear of judgment. Oh, yeah, that's see, so I never, I never seen you that as Luke, and that's that's kind of humbling to me. Yeah, because I've, like, you still I've go through that. I'm trying to overcome that on a daily fucking basis. So every time I'm trying to be authentic, I'm coming up with like, what the fuck is people going to think about this? It's like, you know, that, that fear of criticism. And I always thought that you didn't have that because obviously looking for your journey, you just like yeah, you went yeah. for it and you went down the path. And it's it's yeah. kind of, it's kind of, I know this is not, but it's kind of nice to know that you still come up with the. Oh, me, massively, yeah. I think yeah. I deal with it more. I think I deal with it more than, I think people have always, do you know what I mean? Thought like I'm this really confident person. And I think to a degree, I am a really confident yeah. person, but I also, have a lot of insecurities and do you know what I mean and like I see I think losing my mum and being a fat kid for 10 years that ingrained my first mm. life of insecure insecurities always trying to always trying to like prove myself yeah well that's because where you learn the stories that's where you that's where you get the stories from you know them first like 10 years of your life when you're growing pretty up pretty much yeah pretty yeah. much now and they still affect me massively do you know I mean? I'm constantly trying to deal with it um I think yeah, music again for me it's just like I don't want to put something out there that somebody's already put out there mm -hmm. do you know what I mean I think it's easy to make music that other people have made and put the sound that we are just think for me I want to try and keep it as authentic as possible mm -hmm. and I also love to play instruments from all different cultures to try and just show people the importance of like do you know what I mean how beautiful things can be when they're used together or how powerful yeah i think it's incredible that all cultures had the same instruments mm. i mean their own versions of the instruments but they had the same instruments and um and then obviously i love dance music and it's my roots so for me if i can incorporate the, the spiritual like medicine instruments in uh, also electronic music for me that's just best of both worlds mm. Yeah. So that's kind of my journey. And then obviously, uh, I think touching on the subject of like really helping people to come back to and to remember the power and the beauty of um, our pagan traditions, mm -hmm. which was all passed down through music. So yeah. before the Romans came, we had a tradition of poetry and songs. And you had the Druids and the Bards. They would basically, they would recite, they would learn all of all of the culture's history and folklore and laws it was all recorded through song and poetry wow. that was took away from us do you know what i mean like and i think with modern music you can see that song isn't about that anymore no it's, no it's very about ego it's about status it's about it's just bullshit and i think like i know as a musician putting out what i'm going to put out it's not going to be easy do you know what i mean and to be honest my my purpose isn't to actually do anything with it it's more more for me it's like it's something i feel like i actually came here to do to help that's one that's in one of the ways that i can help others who protect who may need it um 
But if you look at it, like that's sometimes the fundamentals for success. And I know that's not your end goal. Like, you know, you're not doing it for that. But like when you're coming from such an authentic place of creating music because you love it and you just enjoy doing it, often or not, that's that's the shit that, you know, you, you do get some form of success from that because and because you haven't got that pressure on, you know, there isn't the pressure on to, to make it. In a sense. Yeah, I think I think but I think the day we don't encourage authenticity at all. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So, yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? True. It's it's very hard to find. Like, where where do I even start sending my music? Do you know what I mean? Like, mm. in some of my music, I'm talking about you know, in my like I'm I'm not using light-hearted lyrics, so to speak. Mm. So, for me, I think it's just been a massive journey. I'm still in this moment processing, like, what am I doing? Where do I want to release it? Do I even want to release it? Do I want to sell it? Do I not want to sell it? Mm. Like, because I don't really want to put that on there. Because for me, it's something that has literally saved my life. Yeah. Wow. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't, I just, I, I feel like, to be honest, I'm feeling like I'll probably come away from social media soon. I've been seeing this for a long, long time, but I think the current state of the world and what I see happening and just all of the divide that I see happening, whether it be between the races, between the genders, between the vaccinated, unvaccinated, it's 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 just reaching a point for me where like I can't really handle it anymore and yeah. I just need to step back from it. And I think... I've been so caught up in the last few years also as being seen as this spiritual person or being seen as this person who's connected or, and like, I have to step back from that as well and be like, actually, I just need to get back to, I just need to get back to the land and start hiking mountains again and being in the forest and stepping away from that limelight of it all, I think, um, which is such an interesting place to be at, especially when I'm at the point of finally starting to release music and people asking me to play at festivals and stuff, which is everything I've ever dreamed of. Mm. And I'm at, crosswords in my life I'm like is this really what I want so it's been a really interesting journey uh, and them are the times are the hardest when everything's in the question you know when you're questioning things that's the that's them are the struggles you know it's mm -hmm. when like I feel like the, the hardest times for me is not when I'm like really feeling low because when I'm feeling low like I still feel um kind of know what I'm doing I'm low but like the times when I'm questioning things that's the yeah. tough times you know when everything when you're trying to work out and you're trying to feel what's, into the, right thing, what's the right thing or who am I and like what should I go down and I feel like that's the toughest times when you when when you everything's in the question but well look what I when I fucking listen to that Facebook like you know the the the, the little segment that you put out on Facebook the music mm -hmm. like the little clips man I, your music's like a journey you know it isn't just like one genre it's like a journey and you can feel like every different song is like a different part of you and a different part yeah. of your story you know and like it, you know, some songs are very like you said mellow and you're singing some are like kind of uh you know like you're rapping and and uh, it's just it just takes you on a journey and i hope you do release it i hope you do release this album that you're working on made because i 100 percent will listen to it I sometimes do a little bit of breath work and I like listening to that sort of music that takes you on a journey where it's some like yeah. masculine, like high energy Viking vibe. And then you go down into like the low, uh, like, you know, mellow singing vibe. And like, you know, I, I even when, when I listened to that, I was like, oh, I'm going to do like a little breath work session to this because it takes us on a journey, you know? Yeah, it isn't I, just one what it's about, yeah. yeah. Like, I don't really feel like I'm here to entertain people. Yeah. I think we often see music as entertainment. For me, I see it as less entertainment and more of like actually just remember just try and remember like i don't know uh, i don't know it's such a massive journey and sometimes i'm just like i'm gonna stop stop music and become a boxer again <laughs> do you know what I, mean? like, I don't know yeah i feel like i've um i've reached a point in my life like kind of seven eight years now on a spiritual journey i think you know they see that every seven years 
and kind of go through this massive yeah. transition. Yeah. And I feel like I'm moving into a different stage of my life now. Um, <clears throat> so I'm not sure what's going to come from. I definitely will be putting out music there because that's what I want to do before I come off social media. Um, and then maybe just using my platforms through the music to, to share what I want to share because I personally find that um, it's through the music that I'm most able to reach people with my message. Mm-hmm. Because I can be quite fiery, and especially when I'm passionate about subjects, I can get quite fiery. Or, and I just feel like my best way to help people is through the music um, or through like talking circles and stuff. But um, yeah, yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah, but it's all exciting as well, though. Look, you know, like you said, if you're in a transition period and you are trying to figure out what the next step is and what the next evolution of Luke is, then that's also beautiful, you know. Yeah, yeah, for sure. funny because I, I question that all the time, you know, like, what am I doing? Like, should I, I don't know, like, I know this is like, should I be a bodybuilder or something? I really enjoy it. And like, you know, I'll drop back into that mode and then come out of that. And yeah. And I feel like, you know, sometimes I'm running away from, um, from home or the conventional life, like buying a house or like quote unquote, I never want to like settle down in essence, but like, you know, like sometimes I'm like, do I, do I want to just bit of comfort in my life? Like, do I want to like stop That's worrying about money all the time? And like, stop like traveling and never feeling familiar in a place like do you, do you want a place just to like live from like hmm i don't know and then the next day i'm like nah fuck that then the next day i'm like ah like it's just you know trying to figure shit out all the time it's yeah, i totally understand that but if you think about it look you know you've you've experienced so fucking much already oh man I'm, I'm so grateful for the life that i've managed to live in the last seven years yeah. i mean i'm just grateful for all my life everything bad that happened watching my friend get stabbed and it was like all of those things i'm grateful for my mom dying i'm grateful for as mm. sad as that sounds like yeah. i wouldn't be who i am now if it wasn't for us and it's beautiful when you come to that realization isn't it where like everything's just synchronized and like you're just grateful for everything even like the dark times you're like I'm yeah, yeah, even it's, made as, it's all just made us who i am it's brought us to this moment and like you, when you can really like um just have gratitude for everything it's just a very yeah. peaceful peaceful feeling um yeah fuck luke honestly it's just fucking like been amazing speaking to you like oh, really, bro, thank you so much for and this. like there's just so many there's so many more questions I want to ask. To just so many more questions man i just want to get to know you more as well it's fucking it, it's absolutely crazy um how much i've enjoyed this conversation um but yeah there's a few questions that are you okay just i want to just ask you a few questions like you know off your story and just like I've got a few questions just like at the end here just to, yeah. to shoot off. Um, what is one thing you wish more people understood about you? And like, obviously, we, I know these are pretty off-the-cuff questions. So just I, wish, I wish people were able to understand my anger. Your anger? My anger, yeah. In what sense? My sense of like why I'm so like outspoken about what I see in the world. Mm. Mm. Because I think a lot of times people maybe just see anger, but actually, like I said, on the on the surface, it's actually just coming from a deep place of sadness. Mm. And like, and I feel I've never really been seen in that. Do you know what I mean? And I've spent most of my life not having <clears throat> um, support in that. Yeah, I guess in sadness. Um, so, so that's why I've been in a way expressing it through first fighting for a long time, and now in the last seven years, no fighting <laughs> and music. Yeah. Thank you. That was that. Thank you for sharing that. Um, honestly, I really appreciate it. Um, next question is: What has life taught you about yourself up to now? 
That's a very broad question, but like, just pick pick one thing if you can think of something. Like, what what's life taught? That, that I'm resilient. Uh, I think that no matter what happens, no matter how low I get, I still always find that fighting spirit. So, yeah, uh, I mean, that's one of the that's one of the good things it's taught me. <laughs> yeah, I can love that man. I love it. Uh, um, I think that's that uh, that. My life since I like since I can remember my life has literally been an emotional up and down. You know what I mean? I've had the highest highs, lived the, the, the wild, lived in the most beautiful places, and I've also lived under park benches and do you know what I mean? Like just roughed it out. And I don't know, yeah, I just think that I'm just very resilient. The amount of times I've been knocked down creatively, the amount of times I've been unsupported and I've not given yet. And I'm even now in this day, like every morning I wake up, I'm, I wake up with so many doubts. And I'm just, I sit down, normally I smoke a joint, <laughs> um, and I make more music and I just keep going. And uh, I think also given the current situation of the world and what's happening and the amount of peer pressure that I'm seeing on many levels, I think I, I've stayed true to myself through it all, mm. even though I know that I've been probably subjected myself to a lot of criticism from friends and from people that I've met because of my because I've I've because of my opinions but um I think uh, at the end of the day I think for me the ultimate ultimate goodness that we can do for this world it's not about changing the world. I realized that in my last DMT experience it's like I'm so powerful, I'm so you know what I mean like this, I'm so connected to the spiritual world and why can't I stop the suffering? Mm. And then it was just like, you can't stop the suffering while you can do with plant seeds. Mm. And like that moment, I was like, all right, Luke, took the weight off my shoulders. I was like, you can't save the world. Just plant seeds. Just be, just stay true to yourself and hope that people that say that find the strength in themselves to stay true to themselves. Even when the world around you is crumbling and telling you to be something different, telling you to do something you don't want to do. It's so important that you just find that resilience inside and find that spirit to say, actually, I'm good. I'm good. I know what I need. Yeah. I know what I want. And it's, uh... Fuck, man. That is, yeah. Thank you for sharing that one. And what, <laughs> what, what like, honestly, look, they just blown my fucking mind here. Um, just off the, like, what, so, psychedelic-wise, you, have you done ayahuasca, DMT, mushrooms? Um, yeah. What's, what's if, if there is one, because I know every experience is totally different, and, like, is the one experience that really stands out for you, like one psychedelic experience? I, was, I mean, I know that's a tough question. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I've, had, I've had a lot. Yeah. I haven't had a lot, a lot, to be honest. I've, to be honest, I've been actually, and I, I advocate this strongly to anybody that's wanting to explore psychedelics to give yourself time to process. Oh, 100%. I'm still, to, I'm still processing shit off my first shit four years ago. Like, What's yeah, I mean? I've done it. I've obviously done it like quite a bit in between, but it's like you don't you don't realize how much powerful. how how powerful it is and how like how much you don't understand till like yeah. years later. Yeah, so and I think I think as a as a culture, especially Western culture, coming in, we've never it's very new for us, so it can shatter our realities, which we need. But, you know, I've also had a lot of experiences on like psychedelics where I genuinely thought I wasn't coming back, and I was terrified. Yeah, and like. So I'm really, I'm, like I said, I'm, I've always been quite sensitive to stuff. I don't really do psychedelics a lot now. I feel like I learned everything I needed to from them. A lot of my best psychedelic experiences were actually the ones that terrified me the most. Yeah. 
it humbled me because like I say from the age of 15 I just was on this high horse of like I'm indestructible do you know what I mean and I had this no fear mentality which served me at the time um, but then psychedelics were just like actually wait a minute <laughs> yeah <laughs> here you go and I'm like this terrified little child in the corner of the room like what the fuck is going on um, I think for me the the most powerful I definitely couldn't say there was one mm-hmm. um, and I think um, I just think that uh, I just think this should be used with respect 100% and I, f- I do find that when I do them by myself that mm-hmm. I have the most insightful spiritual um, revelations is when I'm by myself and I do them and especially when I do them in nature by myself obviously there's the risk of you being by yourself but i think if you tell somebody and let somebody know like i'm going into that forest there to do mushrooms and i'm not back out in six hours but i genuinely do believe that to do them by ourselves really encourages that hero's journey Mm. Mm -hmm. because essentially we are by ourselves you know we're do you know i mean we're experiencing this reality through our own selves and i think if you can find the strength to also go through that process by yourself, you can you can apply that to a lot of things in your life. Mm. After, yeah, that's actually it's yeah. I've never actually oh well, I did in Tanip. Yeah, I have never actually done like a like a high dose by myself, and it's something that I probably might you know like like you said, I I don't I don't rush to take psychedelics. I f- I wait till I feel like I'm called to do it, and that <laughs> might be two years in between, it might be three months, it's whatever. Like you know, a lot of times I've turned down. Like even here, they do psychedelic therapy here, like in a ceremonial setting where we all come around, we set intentions, and there's like kind of a shaman trip sit there, and you know, we go into the experience, and we all just lie and like with our eye masks on, and we have like blankets in the corner, and we all like in this like nice little safe space. Uh, but uh, the, one of my friends here was asking me to do that for you know about six months but every time he asked us i just had that feeling of like no it's just not the right time and i wasn't yeah, yeah, yeah. like i want to do it and then one day he asked us and i was like i just felt yeah that's like i was excited i was ready and like you know i feel like you need to feel it you don't need to rush into it because yeah, if you go into it unprepared it's going to be a, like a very tough experience and like some yeah. people struggle to come back from them if you're not if you don't know how to integrate yeah. And you don't have the support system around you. You don't have anyone to talk to who actually understands what you're going through. Because that's another thing. I know people who's had these big, powerful experiences on high doses. And then, like, they have no one to talk to about it. Kind of just walking about the life for the next three weeks, just not understanding what the fuck's going on and why everything looks different and why they're thinking different and they're scared. And, you know, they they end up, like, just being so fearful. And and it can get scary, you know, and get it can be powerful. It's I think it's the most powerful medicine on the planet, psychedelics. And I think I think psychedelics are actually the reason we are the way we are, and we're so conscious because there's just no way like we've used them for thousands and thousands of years. It's only in the last thousand years that we kind of got demonized again. Paganism, anybody yeah. using plants from the land, mm-hmm. it's devil worship or something. It's just being demonized. But at the same time, I think because it's becoming trendy again and popular. Unfortunately, you're going to get, and I've saw it a lot of it in Thailand, Southeast Asia, you just get a lot of young travellers going and taking psychedelics all the time and they're just frying themselves. Frying themselves, so yeah. It's it's really, really, really important, I think, like, to do your research, um, to make sure, you know, like, just make sure you don't set, have... Sorry, what? Set, set, your setting, setting is so yeah. important. It's just, it's the most key thing. Uh, 
and making sure you're just emotionally and mentally ready. If some people are just not mentally ready for the reality to be shattered, like it's just, and then they're just so like, like you said, it's so hyped up in every like, you know, modern day society now. And I mean, I guess it's, I, I want it to be hyped up in a certain degree because it's so powerful and it's healing and yeah. I feel like that it's the answer to a lot of people's problems to get the reality shattered and to be able to see on the what's on the other side and like you know feel that connectedness and what what they're lacking in the life um but on the other end it's like yeah we need to hold some responsibility around it and it needs to be done oh, man, it's mega responsibility yeah and like i tell everybody so say if someone's like oh what was it like i, I see it like first thing i see is like um you need to have respect you need to do in the right set you need to be ready have a trip like just be prepared. Don't just think it's some sort of recreational drug that you can go on to party with and like, you know, you can just see funny colours in trees. It's like, it's it's different. Like, you yeah. need to have respect for yeah, it. Because it is, I mean, it is that for some people. For me, it was never last. For me, I was just always deep, deep. Yeah. I guess, yeah, bringing up the trauma of everything that happened in my life. So I, I just never understood how people could use it recreationally. Uh, yeah. And as in lower doses, I think it can be used recreationally. Yeah. Microdosing is really good for that. Um, lower dose any psychedelics is obviously really good recreationally but i think if you really want to use and you really want to use psychedelics for what they're meant for mm. i think then obviously you need to you need to take enough so that yeah you kind of yeah. break through if i'm seeing that and i'm such a control freak i hate the feeling of trying to let go when oh i mean i've just i've just had a pod, just made a little solo podcast about that whole thing like like my last session was about four months ago and even though Every time I struggle to let go, every time I cling on for my dear life, and I fight and I's like, but every time I'm like, before the, I'm like, this time I'm going to let go. I'm safe. I'm going to let go. And like, but as soon as you're in there, your whole self disintegrates, time disintegrates. You don't know what the, and it's like, you kind of remind yourself of that. So yet again, I find myself clinging onto the side, trying to cling onto the thought. You're not going to get away from me, thought. Like, ah, you know, and then I'm just, next thing I know, I'm in this like terrified, just absolute, just obliterated state where I'm just in total fear, like in the fear. Yeah. I come out again, I'm like, good like yeah and i come out again i'm like fuck's sake like why can't i let it sometimes i let go on but it's funny how i mean last session i i was in that state um and I, like i went back to my breath i can remember just like thinking about oh i can breathe and i was thinking about the breath and i actually ended up like letting go and then it's just how it went from total fear and terror to bliss. total bliss and i started crying and i was couldn't get the smile off my face and i was like in that instant is just there's so yeah. much there's so much to that there's so much to just yeah. being able to let go and not have any expectation you know and just yeah, being not controlling no control there's just something like in life that's a lesson as well and it's just it's just it's just crazy <laughs> it's just crazy yeah i mean it, it just uh, i don't think it should be explained no it shouldn't be that's what i mean yeah and it's hard to put into words uh it's yeah it is um Next, next question. Um, are you afraid of death? Uh, I'm not afraid of death. Well, I'm definitely afraid of illness, though. Yeah, yeah. And, and do you think your psychedelic experiences have, like, you know, kind of pushed you on not being afraid of death? Or I think um, my psychedelic experiences definitely helped. I think staring death in the eyes a few times has also helped. Mm. Um, but I think ultimately my connection back to my like pagan ancestors, i.e. the Vikings, the, the Celts, um, and learning more about their cultures mm. and about how for, for me, I've always resonated with the idea of warriors and mm. being a warrior, being somebody that protects those that can't stand up for themselves, you know what I mean? Um, and that there's a, you know, like in our old pagan cultures, 
to die in battle was actually mm. was like guaranteed access to what we'd call now yeah. heaven, yeah. Valhalla. Yeah, yeah. So I think like that's kind of how I live my life. Yeah, it's like I know that as long as I die fighting for what I believed in, and as long as I know I died being true to myself, and that I'm there. Obviously, I'm afraid to die. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm. I'm afraid to die because I'll miss the people that I love. Mm-hmm. But I'm not afraid to die if, like, I'm not afraid to die because I don't think there's anything after. Yeah. I'm only afraid to die because I'll lose who I am now, uh, all of the people in my life now, but I know that my spirit essentially will go on to something else. Mm-hmm. And some part of me looks forward, do you know what I mean? Yeah. There's a part of me that is, it's for me, like, I think if you've, try DMT mm-hmm. then you kind of know that your brain is going to release that when you die so you know that no matter what is happening you're having an experience after yeah so uh, that's not just spiritual now that's science science is pretty much proved now and, and I think it will continue to be able to explain that you know what I mean why does why the, why the people who have near-death experiences always talk about coming back from somewhere yeah yeah um I just think, uh, I think, like I said, the thing that scare me more than death is being um, ill. Um, but I think that's probably because I watched my mom go through it. Mm. And that, that just freaks me out. The environment that you have to go in, everything about it. Um, and I think just uh, not living my life truly. Or I think those actually scare me more. Scare you more. Yeah. That's beautiful. And the thing, and it's funny because like death's such a taboo subject in the, in the Western world, <laughs> you know, it's like, and it's something I big, I know this sounds really weird, but I, I go through periods where I'm really like, um, connected to death. I want to learn about it. Yeah, it. I, sometimes I like, I know this sounds really crazy, but like, sometimes I like do a like deep meditation in the dark room by myself and I'll picture myself dying and like just getting familiar with like that sort of experience because it's something that we're all going to go through yeah. it's basically the, the it's basically the the motivation for all of our lives right now and we just don't talk about it you know it's it's shunned away it's behind a curtain and we don't talk about that and i feel like there's so much power to have in talking about death earlier in your life and being able to try and accept it to a certain degree um so when you do come to the latter stages or the stages where you are maybe dying, you don't have to deal with a lot of things. You know, you've already kind of accepted yeah. it in a certain degree because I feel like a lot of people shy away from the fact and then and they I get f- to the end stages and then everything just gets piled on top of them and then they have to deal with all of that at the end stages of the life. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the psychedelic experience for me has made me kind of open to death at an earlier stage of my life. So hopefully when I get to the latter stages or where when I'm going to die, it might be instantly, I don't know. I'm going to have some peace with it, you know? I'm going to have some acceptance to it. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I just I just do think, I think the moment you accept that you're going to die, you truly accept it. And you're like, you're standing up like, wow, I'm actually going to die. Yeah. And I don't know when, but that now enables me to fully live. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because if you live in this reality of hiding away from death all the time, you mean you're never going to be in a state of like, oh, I'm going to die and I need to live. Yeah. You know what I mean? But if you like literally like I'm gonna die, fucking hell, yeah, I'm gonna die. I need to live now as best yeah. as I can. And I need to and I think uh, I think accepting death, I think psychedelics is definitely because you die. You do yeah. die. <laughs> you definitely die. You know what I mean? Like I don't know. Yeah. Obviously somebody wouldn't understand that who hasn't talked to them, how do you die? You're still alive, like yeah, but a part of you, you feel yourself die. Yeah. And you and you realize that I just think that uh, I think death is rebirth. 
I don't see death. I see death as life. Mm. Yeah. yeah. When my body, when I, when my, when I die, my body's going to be put into the ground. So, you know what I mean? Mm. I'm going to become food for thousands of critters and roots and mushroom, like turn into a big mushroom. You know what I mean? Like, and I mean that in a literal sense, like fungi, like your body, yeah. and, you know, yeah, you decompose, yeah. yeah. So last question, Luke, um, what is one thing you want to thank yourself for? I'm not very good at these ones. Yeah, this is this, these are always the tough ones, you know, the ones where you have to speak highly of yourself or give yourself some credit. <laughs> what is one thing I'm thankful for to myself? Yeah, you're going to thank yourself for in this life. To... Uh, for not giving up. Beautiful. For not taking the easy option out. Beautiful. Yeah. Thank you very much, Luke. Honestly, like I've just you've just blew my mind, and I'm so fucking honored to have had this conversation. I'm not even oh, saying no, that. Thank you so you know, much. I feel like I've really truly seen you as well, which has been just a beautiful experience, you know. Um, likewise, man. Likewise, it's so, I, it's so nice to just hope to have you on back again. I hope to have it, you know, and outside of the podcast, just build a relationship up with you because there's so much I want to know, so much I want to learn from you and about you. Um, but yeah, just from the bottom of my heart, thank you for, for coming on and oh, being part bro, of this experience. So okay, brother. Thank you. Um. <laughs>